Hello everyone, my name is Adu and this is Expats Exposed, honest conversations with expats around the globe. This podcast is brought to you by ReadyGo Expat. For videos about life in different countries, interviews with expats and travel guides, go to youtube.com forward slash ReadyGo Expat. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're here again with David, uh, David McNeil. He is now in Porto, Portugal. And if you, if you if you've been listening to the podcast, you you probably heard his episode where he's talking about living in Japan. It was episode 17, if I'm not mistaken. So David is back, and today he's going to talk about where he is currently living. It's the city of Porto. Uh, by the way, do you call it Porto or Uporto? Uh, Porto, but you're you're pronouncing it probably much better than I am. So <laughs> I mean, it is it is uh, Uporto, but Uporto, yeah, right? at the same at the same time, I guess everyone here calls it. Porto, or Porto. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> welcome back, David. Thank you. Yeah. Great to be here. And I'm happy to talk about my experience here in Portugal. All right. So in the last episode, you talked about uh, the two years you lived in Japan and then you moved to Berlin. And was it right after Berlin, Berlin when you moved to Portugal? Can you talk about how you got to Portugal when you got there as well? Yeah, so I did live in Japan and Tokyo for two years. So that was 2014 to 2016. I went directly to a job there. Well, I uh, had a couple weeks or maybe two two months, one or two months before I started that job, but I did go directly to Berlin. Um, and then I lived in Berlin for three years in the end. And yeah, so in terms of the process, uh, I had a couple of jobs that I worked at when I was in Berlin. So the first one, which is the one that I got when I was in Tokyo, which allowed me to get there, get sponsored with the visa, get set up, make some great friends. That one, unfortunately, I left after five months. <laughs> and the main reason for that is that the guy who I joined uh, the company to be able to work for, I got a great sense of this this senior uh, chief product officer, was unceremoniously, uh, I guess, fired from the company about three months after or two months after I started working there. And that was around Christmas time or is in December. And I just like went back. Um, remember, I think I went back to visit family in the US for Christmas. And I came back from that and I just wasn't really feeling it. And I was disappointed that he was gone and there was just low morale across the team. And so I ended up joining another company there, worked there for a number of months, I think about eight months also didn't work out. I mean, as you can see, I've had some trials and tribulations in my career. And so then I worked at another company for a year and a half in the end. That was a, a company that was started by someone that worked at a previous company that I'd worked for, the one in San Francisco. So I knew some people there uh, working on a similar product, which was mobile games at the time. So free to play mobile games and web games. And um, yeah, basically they told me that the, the project that I moved to, the second project I worked on there was going to be cut or not completely, but they weren't going to invest in it in the way that they had planned to. And there weren't really any other spots for me. So I got the news in April of 2019 that uh, my job there would be coming to an end. I could sort of decide over the next couple months when I wanted to leave. So I ended up deciding for the end of June. So I had two months there where I was trying to figure out what was next. And um, yeah, so much stuff happened. So that was, uh, I found out the day before, I think it was Easter break. So I went on a trip that I'd already planned and I went by myself. I, my wife was busy. And so we were, and we weren't even married yet at that point. So came back from that uh, kind of down, obviously losing this job, another job. And um, then in May, 2019, my wife and I 
got married officially in Japan. So we had this great trip to Japan. And the whole time I was also in, um, before that I was applying to new jobs in all different cities across Europe. Um, so I really, our goal was for port, uh, for Portugal, not even Porto specifically. I was open to Lisbon as well, but, uh, we applied, I applied to those two jobs in those two cities. I applied to Barcelona in Copenhagen and Amsterdam, big time, um, some other random ones as well. So we were kind of trying to narrow down what city that we wanted to go to, but we had visited Portugal back in 2018, in October, 2018, and we loved it. So we thought this is the next place for us. But to be honest, I was a little concerned about the salaries that I could make here, especially if I was the main person working and also just the job opportunities overall ended up like, there's some reason for that. I mean, I can explain kind of how the job market is here and things, but I just wanted to again, not go back to the United States. <laughs> I wanted mm-hmm. to keep my experience abroad going. So that's why I opened it to other cities that we were interested in as well. And uh, took a lot of interviews and yeah, then came back from Japan in May, then did took trips to Amsterdam and Copenhagen to do interviews. And then we had a big wedding party in June of 2019 <laughs> and family came out and took a trip with my dad. And so like, literally I looked back at this year and we were traveling like every month. I mean, it was an awesome time, but it was so like stressful too, because I didn't know what the future was going to hold. So anyway, um, many more interviews later, we were also taking trips kind of one week trip or a weekend or five days a couple, to a couple places as our honeymoon. No, no long trip really, but like a week here or there. And during one of those in September, I got the, I found out, I, cl- I turned off my phone. Uh, we went to an escape room, which they have, we were in Budapest, which they have tons of escape rooms there. We love these things where you try to get out in 60 minutes. I turned on my phone after that and I had two messages. One of them was from the company I had just talked to like a day or two prior. I'd gone to the office in Amsterdam and they said, we're not going to hire you. So that was crushing. And I read the second one and it said, Hey, David, I'd love to see if we could get a few minutes to chat on Skype tomorrow if you're free. And I was like, yeah, okay. But I was kind of still not sure what it was going to be. And it ended up being that she offered me the job here in Porto. And my wife and I just started crying. And it was just like, it was just amazing. I mean, it was amazing, but it was like so difficult of an experience those months of uncertainty. So that was in September finished up our trips, moved everything out of Berlin, and we moved to Porto then, uh, actually to Matosinhos, which is just outside of Porto. It's connected by Metro, so not that far, like by 30 minutes, 40 minutes, Um, but it's more of like a beach town. But here also was where the office was. So I thought, again, if I could live near the office, walkable to the office, and also live walkable to the beach and to a big uh, kind of popular park here, I thought, let's do that, even if it's not downtown Porto. So that's where we moved to in November of 2019. And now I've been here for about a year and a half. And it's been awesome. Like, I love it here. I'm glad it worked out. But as you can see, it was definitely a lot of uh, ups and downs and concerns. Like, we wanted to be here, but I wasn't sure if I'd be able to find the right opportunity. So I'm glad that I did. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And again, like, November 2019. Then two months later, the pandemic starts, right? Yeah, yeah. Two, three and, months and later. Yeah, so I think it, here it was March 13th was when it really all shut down. So up until that point, like everything was looking good. I mean, obviously there were some worrying signs or, or news, but we didn't know, as most people, we didn't know how it was going to go and how it was going to affect us. And so from that day on, we never went back to the office. I mean, I did because I'm nearby just to pick up this or that, or to do 
like some printing or like small things, but the office was closed pretty much since then. And then, yeah, well, can jump forward, but I'm not working for that company anymore <laughs> either, which was a downsizing related to at least of my team and many teams of the, the bigger company because of this pandemic. So it, it, it made it difficult to make friends here. It made it difficult to feel in a way fully situated. I mean, yeah, four months, give or, you know, give or take. Um, after we got here, suddenly we're in the middle of this and really a lot of uncertainty. So it's been a, it's been a tough time, but at the same time, it's been a great place to spend this difficult time, if that makes sense. Like people here have been really welcoming. We never felt like we weren't welcome or um, that we weren't safe here, that it wasn't going to work out. And our, we, we never really thought deeply about ever leaving during this time. So it's been, it's been great, honestly. Nice. That's nice. And yeah, like uh, I, you know, I, I love Portugal. I've been, uh, I know, I only know like the greater Lisbon area and two other cities, like not far from Lisbon. I've been there at least seven times, I think. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because, I, uh, because um, uh, Air Portugal, top, they have direct flights to like a lot of Brazilian cities. Right. So um, I could fly like from China, the US and then the US, Brazil. But then that would be, I have the American visa, but the, the problem is the, the flights are not good because there are not mm. so many flights to like my city. There are a lot of flights mm. to Rio and Sao Paulo, but to my city in the Northeast, it's not good. And just, if you look at the map, like I'm on the coast, it's only seven hours direct flight to Lisbon. So every time I would leave China and come to Brazil, I would stop in Lisbon, spend a couple of days there and then just fly mm. directly to my city. So- nice. Portugal is the country I'm planning to go to. I think I've said this before here in the podcast. I'm planning to move to Portugal this year, 2021. Um, and yeah, like I've read, like I know exactly where Matosins is. I know the situation, like where it is and how far it is in the subway. Like Porto is somewhere I really want to go. Like it's definitely, I think, top three I want to visit as soon as I move to Portugal. Um, but you mentioned that it was tough in the beginning because you didn't know. And then your wife, uh, you, you guys got everything from um, Berlin and moved to Portugal. You, um, you said it was challenging, of course, because you could not, you know, hang out that much, meet new people. But what other challenges did you have? For instance, I don't know, Portuguese. How is your Portuguese? Or mm. can people there speak English? How was it in the beginning? Yeah. Uh, so I would say people speak English here very well. Um, Naturally, there are some people that don't, and that's not too surprising. And so, of course, it's good to know some. But the hard part, in a way, <laughs> I mean, the easy and the hard part is that even if I try to speak some, which I'm definitely not great at, but I have taken classes, I'm continuing with self-study. So, yeah, probably probably not a great time to, uh, you know, a great opportunity to test me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, despite my intention and my my trying to learn the language, it's so easy for people just to recognize that I don't speak it well and to switch to near perfect English, right? So it also decreases my motivation a little bit. That being said, I recognize how important it is. And um, of course, again, there are people that don't speak it. So having those small conversations is great. I mean, it can pick up you know, a good bit. So for me, in terms of where I am in my lesson so far, I took two A1 courses. So I took it the first time, which literally I arrived, we arrived here on November 5th. And I started that class on November 7th. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I want to learn Portuguese. Let's do this. And that's how I almost always am is like, you know, hit the ground running, like, and probably biting off a lot more than I can chew. That's also the downside of that. Um, so I was trying, uh, it was a crazy first month. 
just getting set up. I mean, we had to find our, our flat, which, you know, we've been in this one since then. Um, we moved in like about a month after we arrived, we had booked Airbnb for 28 days. And then right at the end of that, we moved into this flat. And so we had to find a flat and lock that down. We had to do a bunch of paperwork. Um, of course, our visa appointments, which is a whole nother headache and nightmare, especially with the coronavirus situation and getting our appointments moved and which documents that they need. And yeah, I strongly recommend working with a lawyer. I can definitely recommend one if, if anyone's interested. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of stuff. And then starting a new job and I was doing like hours and hours of meetings every day, trying to understand the product, trying to, I was a product manager there, senior product manager. So just trying to like meet the full team, understand what was going on. Another product manager had just left. I was basically, what I found out when I got there, I didn't know at the beginning, but I found out that I was replacing her. So then, um, you know, just, yeah, so much on my shoulders and so much to catch up on while trying to do lessons at night. So anyway, I didn't do a great job at, I, I, I kept with the lessons. I didn't, um, I finished the course, the A1 course, but I wanted to redo that again. So I did that a second time. And then now I'm just doing some self-study. I'm a little burnt out on lessons and, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it is tough. Like I do want to get good at Portuguese. I like the language a lot. I think it's really cool language, but I guess for context. So the other, the people who listened to the previous episode, I talked about how much I had studied for like 15, 20 years now of Japanese or longer at this point. And what came out of that was again, two years in Japan. And that to me just says a lot, right? Like I studied my butt off for years. I did it in high school. I did, again, I started when I was 12. I did it in university. I did extra classes when I was in Japan. I did the proficiency test at the top level. I did speech contests. I did all, I did this like immersion program. I did all this crazy stuff. And yet I lived there for two years. And so it is hard to get that energy up again to study a brand new language when you don't know how long you're gonna live there. Now, when I went to Germany, I went there because of number one, it's in Europe. Number two, so I, I mean, what I mean by that is I get to travel around you know, here and see Europe. Number two, there were English speaking jobs there. I didn't go to Germany, I went to Berlin, right? I went to like Berlin, this is where the startup scene is, you know. and there's a lot of pros and cons I can talk about about that. But my mentality was not, I'm gonna end up living long-term in Germany. Now here in Portugal, I don't know how long we're gonna be here, but my intention, our intention is to be here longer than we were in Germany. So from that perspective and just appreciating the culture and the environment here, the goal for both of us is to, well, actually my wife was very good at German, but at least for me, it's to be um, much better at Portuguese than at German, but I think it'll still take some time. Good, good. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. Like you, you started on November 7th, but then due to like lockdown restriction a couple of months later, of course, it's more difficult to interact with people and try and speak Portuguese and stuff. I'm just going to give you one piece of advice. Like, I mean, I'm sure you're doing like you're studying European <laughs> Portuguese because oh, of Brazilian, <laughs> Brazilian Portuguese is another language. Like right. they say, right. and, and some people say, oh, is it like American and British English? I'm like, no, because yeah. it, uh, I, I remember when I was in Lisbon with my mom, we, we took the, those hop on hop off buses and it's literally like language one is European Portuguese, Portuguese language 13 is Brazilian Portuguese. So they have literally like two languages, two different languages. And the Portuguese, right. they say we speak, we don't speak Portuguese, we speak Brazilian. So um, <laughs> it's, but it's, yeah, it is, it is like, in a way it's true. Like, uh, right. but I'm now used to it. But just so you know, my mom, when yeah. she was the first time in Lisbon, we were in a hotel, turned on the TV to watch the news. 
and she was like is this spanish and like <laughs> so just so right. you yeah right because it was the first time actually listening to like portuguese from uh european portuguese but yeah um you mentioned the uh that like you didn't go to germany you went to berlin because that was where the startup scene was and everything and i've been doing a lot of research about portugal um and it's so funny that like it's been it's always in the like top five retirement destinations in the world. Mm. It's uh, the startup scene in Lisbon and Porto is getting bigger and bigger. And actually there are some startups all over like Aveiro, Braga, uh, Algarve region and other regions as well. Um, it's usually top five as well, like Lisbon, Porto, top 10 when it comes to like destinations for digital nomads. So mm -hmm. what is, what is the appeal? Like now that you're there, Like, mm -hmm. what do you think is, why do people um, <laughs> choose Portugal? Why is po Portugal so popular? And Owen, oh, just, you are one hour away from Braga. Braga right. just won right. the best European destination in 2020 or 2021. I don't remember the year, but yeah. Like, why? W what is so special about Portugal? Hmm. Well, I will do my best to explain it. And it's kind of, I can put it sort of simply. But again, before I do that, I would say, the same thing almost that I said about Japan, right? It's like, have you been there? No, we'll go and then tell me what you think or, or we can talk about it. Um, so, because <laughs> my dad uh, asked me the same question when I told him we, when we were in Berlin uh, for, for a wedding party, uh, he was like, well, why do you guys want to go to Portugal? Like, I mean, he, you know, had no idea about it. And, and to be fair, it's like on the, you know, the edge of Europe. And for, a, I think for a long time, people just didn't know, didn't really care to know. Um, it was a hidden gem for a while and it's no longer hidden. I think that's the thing. Yes. Um, so I think, uh, I think part of it is you have to experience it. And so hopefully when my family gets a chance to come out here, um, they'll be able to understand better, but I would put it this way. Um, people who move from country to country, they have different reasons for doing it. And so for me, I would, again, I was trying to experience the world, big cities. At first it was all about big cities. So it was like, San Francisco is not that big, but it's well known and it's a cool city. So I was like, let's go there. Then it was Tokyo, one of the biggest in the world, if not the biggest, like we talked about. Then Berlin, massive metropolis, very different vibe, very different culture. And um, I think there, what my wife and I discovered is that German culture wasn't for us. And I only bring it up because I think it's important to note that the main thing that drew us here was almost the difference from what we experienced in Germany. <laughs> so you know, the big ones are, okay, people here are really, really nice. People here are really nice. People are very welcoming. People are very friendly. And that's not what we saw in Berlin. I can't speak for German people as a whole. I can't speak for Germany as a whole, but Berlin, um, yeah, it was difficult. And there's a lot of foreigners. There. There's a lot of expats. And so those were most of my friends. I did have some German friends, but more internationally minded German friends, let's say overall. So I I think people is a big one. I think weather is another big one. Of course, we're not in the nicest weather part of Portugal. So a lot of people go to Algarve, like you said, or down, yeah, down south. Basically, southern Portugal tends to have better weather. However, this is still so much better weather than Berlin. Berlin was cold, gray, dark, six months out of the year. Wow. You pretty much, you're not in like summer mode until maybe May, but probably till June. Whereas now it's April in the last couple of weeks, I've been wearing short sleeves and look, I mean, it's, it can get cold here in Porto. It can get colder. 
it can it can rain. I mean, it's kind of got a little bit of a yeah, it's a bit more of a rainy city. And obviously, I'm close to the beach, so you're going to have the impact of that as well. But uh, but it is still so much better. It's all it's all relative. You know, maybe it's not the absolute best, but it's all relative. So again, better people, better weather, and better food. I mean, German food's all right, but we love here the Portuguese food. And I think those things, along with maybe the, the cost of living here is going up quickly. So it's not, it's not like you could come here with 500 euros a month and be fine. Uh, I'm not going to argue that, but it is maybe cheaper. And that's also why a lot of companies are moving here because basically there's a lot of good, hardworking, smart engineering talent here. And that's led a lot of companies to start here or to open offices. The company I worked for is a German company that I didn't work for in Germany, but I got the job here because they had an office here uh, in, in Matzinich. So there's a lot of opportunities that is, it's growing. And I think along, all of that, along with the, the, some of the visas here, for example, the D7 visa is for passive income. So if you're making income from abroad, even if it's pension income, you can you know, use that potentially to sponsor your visa here. There's tax breaks as well. So for, there's non-habitual resident status. If you're coming in from another country, you can get a 10 year tax holiday, not necessarily paying zero taxes, um, depends on what type of income. But if you're, for example, working for a Portuguese company, uh, working for a local company, you're able to only pay 20% flat tax uh, on that, as opposed to up to 45 or 48% is the top tax bracket in Portugal. So you can have these benefits coming in um, as a foreigner here. There's also things like the digital nomad village in um, Madeira, which Madeira. is another island. Yeah, so not it's it's an island. It's um, which I went there for last uh, New Year's, which was great. It's one of the best New Year's firework destinations in the world. Really? Um, some, yeah, yeah. They have. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like being on one of the the hotel, we went to the top floor, and it, you just turn around and there's like fireworks in all directions wow. out in the sea out in the I mean it was like it was <laughs> absolutely crazy and did some scuba diving there and stuff so um and of course that's we had to get tested and everything but that's part of Portugal um there's also the Azores which we haven't been to yet but I'd like to go there so it's just a beautiful place great weather great food great people very accommodating visa situation, accommodating to foreigners. They have golden visas as well for people that have the money to invest here. They have the tax benefits. They have digital nomad stuff. They're trying to digitalize the country. Um, we'll see how that all goes, but really make the process hopefully less paper intensive and less bureaucratic as, as best as they can. So all of that stuff, I think, is just driving a lot of people here. And I don't blame them because that's what brought us here as well. In fact, when I was in Berlin, I was seeing that in a funny way, like people were coming from, I don't know, US or wherever to Berlin, and then they were moving to Portugal. So in a way, <laughs> when I found that out, I was, and we realized we wanted to move here in that trip in 2018, it was like, we realized that we were following a typical path. And that, I mean, I don't feel bad about that. You know, I'll do, if it's the right thing I want to do, then I'm happy to follow, follow suit to other people. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a popular path now. Yes, uh, that's so good that you mentioned uh, like a summary of the different types of visas and how you can get there with one of the, the visas. Portugal is one of the countries that uh, is really trying to get people uh, from other countries to live there, the tax exemptions and everything. Uh, right. I've, been, I've been doing some research about that and you're totally right. Like it's, they really want foreigners there and they want pensioners to, you know, 
get their pensions in Portuguese banks, and then they give the tax exemptions and uh, the uh, non, how do you call it, NHR, non? Uh, yeah, non-habitual resident, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so in this, um, and then it's, it's like a 10-year tax exemption, right. or you, it's not exemption, like you actually pay, as, as you just said, like instead of paying 45, perhaps you're going to pay 20 for 10 years, etc. like, Uh, right. But of course, this is just a general overview. Like um, we just, which is uh, there are a lot of details and stuff. But yeah, probably no, not probably. But like, there is a good, re there is a good possibility that like when people listen to this episode, Portugal might have launched their new digital nomad visa because a lot of people are expecting this uh, digital nomad visa or something like that. Like um, because they have also the tech visa for IT workers. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it, it's all like, and it started like, I don't know, less than two years ago. So it's always changing. So, uh, it's very important for you to do your research. Like the golden visa is still there, but it has changed as well. Some, right. like you cannot buy it in, you know, 500, 350, where you buy Lisbon and Porto, et cetera. Uh, yeah. but apart from the, all this, you know, bureaucratic part visas and stuff, what do you, you said that you like the weather, the food, the people, Uh, you, you've been to Madeira Island. I really want to go there as well. Um, have you traveled uh, to other cities as well in Portugal or you couldn't because of the lockdown restrictions? So we, we could actually because, um, I mean, depend, we, we haven't recently except for the Madeira trip. But last year after the main lockdown, then when things were easing up a bit, we used the opportunity to go to some other cities here because, of course, it's within the same country. And, um, you know, we followed all the restrictions and all that good stuff, but we, we went on some short trips to Yabraga, to Coimbra, to Guimarães. We went to, um, I'm trying to think if we went, of course we've been to Lisbon a handful of times and we plan to go here in the near future again. That's a city that, so I, I imagine a lot of people are wondering, and they always ask this question, Lisbon versus Porto, right? And the short of it for me is that Lisbon's maybe got more, uh, you know, maybe more job opportunities, maybe more stuff going on. Um, however, it also has the downsides of the big city. I think it's, in, in my opinion, it's a bit dirtier. It's a bit harder to get around. It's, it's more crowded. It's definitely more expensive. Um, naturally, depending on how far you live from downtown and all that stuff. But I really like to go there on the week, on like a weekend trip, you know, or for a couple of days. And I love coming to live here in Porto. So that's my personal opinion. Um, we were also wondering at the time, and again, I got the job here, so it made the decision for us. So I don't want to say that it necessarily I picked picked it strongly over the other one, but now that I'm here, I'm really thankful to be here. Um, yeah, so we do, we, there's many more places that we want to go. And we've really enjoyed, yeah, all the cities have, like they're kind of similar. I mean, they're all here in Portugal. It's a relatively small country. However, they all have a different vibe. We really like Guimarães. It's got like a bit of old uh, architecture and um, just looked a bit different and, you know, had a different vibe going on. And um, yeah, Braga was really cool as well. That's kind of, it feels like an up and coming city with Porto. Um, yeah, but we, we'd love to go to Algarve. We'd love to go to Vian do Castelo, uh, which is a bit not too far from here. So hopefully we can do that soon. And um There's so many places inland that we haven't been as well. So yeah, there's tons to see. But we we use the pandemic as an opportunity to to explore this country. And I'm thankful that we were new here from the perspective. Of course, mostly that's been hard to be honest, not being able to make as many friends and connections as we want. But we didn't have 
the experience in Portugal to say, oh, we've already been everywhere. So it was a good opportunity for us. Cool, great. Yeah, I, I remember when, when the pandemic started and then it was summer last year, summer 2020, the Portuguese government, uh, the media was like trying to make the Portuguese travel in the country, like travel around the country and not go abroad because of all the pandemic yeah. restrictions and stuff. So I saw the ads and everything, the campaign <laughs> they had. Um, it is a beautiful country. And like, there are so many beautiful places to go there. Like I, and it's small. So yeah, literally like you can, someone was telling me uh, one of the YouTube videos that you can literally get like the train in the Algarve, like down South and reach the North Porto, or even like the Viena do Castelo, I think in like seven hours, I think, if I'm not mistaken, but it's something like that, like the whole country. Yeah. So from south to north, it's crazy. Yeah. The, the, you mentioned like a lot of the pros, like the food, mm. the weather, the people. Uh, what about the cons of living in Portugal? Yeah, I think the main one, uh, on, okay, so I guess I should get out of the way first. I, I honestly don't believe that there are many cons and I'm not trying to fool anyone here. So before we moved here, I asked my friends who were from Portugal or had lived here uh, that were in Berlin. Um, maybe they'd gone to Berlin to work, for example. I mean, they're, you know, they can make significantly more money there, to be honest. Um, so I asked them, look, we loved it there, but tell us the truth. Is it really like this? Or are we going to move there and we're going to be blindsided by this or that? And I'm not saying it's been perfect here. However, they said, which we found to generally be true, that what you see is what you get. And it's a rel relatively similar experience to living there as it is to traveling. Of course, you have to deal with the bureaucracy. So that's the big negative. Um, everything here takes a long time. And it's very hard to get, it's very hard to accept that when you're coming from the fast paced life in America, in Tokyo, in, I mean, even in Berlin, but Berlin had a ton of bureaucracy and things were super slow there. So in a way I was already kind of getting used to it. I think if you went from New York city to inland somewhere continental Portugal I think you'd have a really hard time adjusting to that and of course it sounds like okay just take your time it's fine but like it is frustrating <laughs> I'm not gonna lie about it it is frustrating like uh, just one example I've been trying to do yeah some stuff with my business here and so on so I've been trying to do some applications and um I I get the email from the guy within two three hours I respond with a long message I give a all the extra detail that I can, or at least by the next day, but usually within a few hours. No matter what I do, no matter how quickly I turn around the information, how quickly I get back to him, it takes at least a week for him to get back to me, if not a month. Wow. So it's just like, you know, and then you send a follow-up email, you send a, they just don't respond. And then eventually when they're ready to respond, they'll respond. And so after months of this now, and I'm still in the process, I'm still dealing with it. I'm still in the same thing. It hasn't finished then you just start to realize like, I, there's no point in me following up. I mean, maybe once a month, if you really don't hear anything, but uh, twice a week or, you know, once, once every week, I mean, you can't really expect more than that. So it's frustrating, but it is just different. And everywhere you move to has its pros and cons and you have to adjust to it and you will get angry, but it's not that bad. I mean, I felt like adjusting to life in Germany and adjusting to life in Japan was much harder for me. So overall, yeah, again, people, all the pros that we talked about, not to, not to reiterate them, but like those have been real and it's what we felt here as a tourist. And, um, it's entirely possible that maybe I'm missing something because in the, in the same sense, 
not only has the pandemic changed things, but of course I've moved this many times. So maybe somebody coming for a first time move might experience some things differently than I have. A lot of it I'm, I'm used to from Germany. Um, other than that, yeah, the public transportation is not very good. I'm, I'm a big public transportation person. I haven't owned a car since I was in high school. So um, I really love, yeah, that. And I've had to slow down on that too. I mean, of course I still take it, but actually living, even though I'm 30, 40 minutes by Metro from, from downtown Porto, we don't go that often. And we love it here in our little city. And that's part of the reason why, but on the other hand, it is a big pain. Of course, I could pay a few bucks to get a, an Uber downtown or things like that. And I do that sometimes, but it's um, prefer to use public transportation and save a little cash. And uh, it's just, yeah, just waiting around for it. And, you know, it, it just takes time. It just, you have to learn to go at a slower pace. <laughs> and yeah. I think for people like me, it's, it's hard to adjust. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a con, but for a lot of people, and I'm sure for you as well, it's a pro because sometimes we're like, we want to slow down. Like, and that's, yeah. that's that I, I hear that a lot, like from uh, YouTube videos that I watch about living in Portugal. It's like, yeah, it's, it takes time, bureaucracy, it's tough, but in a way it's good because at the end of the day, we, we all know that we all want to slow down. I mean, if you're 22 years old and you go to, you know, you don't want to slow down, but yeah, uh, eventually yeah. you'll want to uh, slow down. There's one thing that I, I need to mention here. Um, I know that you don't have, a job in a Portuguese company, but just for the people listening here, the, 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 the minimum wage in Portugal just went up in the beginning of 2021. And it's now, I think 660 or 630 euros, 660 euros. It is the lowest um, salary in Western Europe. Mm -hmm. So uh, of course the cost of living in Portugal is also low compared to any major city like London, Paris, or Rome, capital city, for example. But the thing is, um, I think it really depends where you, where you live. So I wanted mm -hmm. I, I wanted to ask you again. I mean, I know I know a bit of Portugal, but like I wanted to ask you about Matos Yunus because, for example, Lisbon, as you as you said, by far is where rent is like you know super high. And I mean, yeah. it's, it just went up ridiculously, like for the last 10 years, I think, or the last seven years, mm -hmm. it just kept going up. Um, what about you live 30, 40 minutes from downtown Porto? Does that make a big difference uh, rent-wise, like your rent? So it's funny, uh, you would think so. And if I lived near a couple stops on the metro from here, it, it would make a difference. However, given that I, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to live in a situation where I'm like close to the beach, I think this makes a big difference too. So it's also run up a ton here and we love the the vibe here and we love our apartment and we love the proximity to all of this stuff. So at a, as of yet, I mean, I could get a cheaper rent. I mean, I've definitely considered it, but for a number of reasons and just the fact mostly that we love this place and um, yeah, it has a lot of pros for us here and we just, we just really enjoy it. We probably won't move from this flat for the time being. Um, but going back to what we talked about uh, just a minute ago, so the visas, the tax breaks, the retirement, all of this stuff is great for people like you and me coming here, for example, but it probably unsurprisingly is driving up the prices like crazy. And there's a massive supply demand imbalance. Tons of places are being bought as investment properties. Again, the golden visas, like you talked about, people are buying these places, flipping them or using them as Airbnbs. And I mean, you see it all over Europe. This happens in Berlin, you, you know, Paris, uh, everywhere. So it's not unique, but it is 
I would put it this way. You, you talked about the um, low um, minimum salary here in Portugal, which is true. It's the lowest in Western Europe. And, you know, you shouldn't necessarily think you're going to come here from abroad and magically get a, a huge more salary. I mean, you might get a bit more, you might get a little stipend or you might be able to negotiate something. And I was fortunate enough to be above that, you know, but, uh, but I, again, I was like, you really have to negotiate for it and they have to really want you. And, and you should just, my whole career, I've basically decreased my salary. So just to be clear, like I was making more in San Francisco and then I cut in Tokyo, then I cut in Berlin then I cut here. So it has not been a rise up the, the salary rank. So that's a downside. Um, but it will, uh, it will, it's an expensive city to live in for those low um, wages. And so being able to take advantage again of the NHR status to pay 20%, for example, if you're working here, of uh, tax rates, so that helps. Um, if you're able to negotiate something higher, that's great. But it is, uh, it is not a, it's cheaper, but it's still like, you know, if you want a nice coffee, it's still three euros. It's not like suddenly the nice coffee is 150. You can get a, a fine local blend like I do downstairs for 65 cents, you know, yes, I mean, yes. it, it, there are cheap options and, and the Portuguese food is cheap. However, if you want to get other types of cuisine, it adds up quickly. Um, and like here in, I mean, different in Lisbon probably, but here in Porto, if you want some Indian food or you want some Korean food or you want something else, then there's going to be a handful of options to pick from or Thai food. Um, and you might not just have like 20, 30, 40, 50 places to pick from of the same cuisine that you might find in London or Berlin. So things are different and those, def those costs are high. Um, and, and again, like to your exact question, I know I've been rambling a bit, but to your exact question here, um, because of the proximity to the beach and just the run up in pricing, it's really not that much cheaper. But if I were to find a place in between downtown and here, it would be. Um, and there is just more of a question of, how much do you, do you want to be in the Metro line? How much do you mind dealing with the buses that can be super late and super spotty? And they're almost basically never on time. Like you cannot promise, you cannot expect them to be on time in any way, shape or form if you need to get somewhere, or do you want to own a car? So of course, again, I don't own a car, own a car so that would be a big expense that I would otherwise have to pay. So it's a balance of all of these things. It's a ton of factors. And, um, but I just wouldn't, I would caution people in thinking, oh, Portugal must be cheap or, you know, that's what they heard somewhere. Like it's changed in the last years. And I'm, I'm not sitting here saying I remember the old days because I came as part of this wave too. So I'm not saying that, but definitely prepare. And I would say if you want a ballpark for my, for my wife and I, um, just the two of us, I would say our baseline is about 2000 a month. I mean, all in for our costs. And if you want to include travel or other, you know, random expenditures or, or more nightlife than maybe 2,500. So it's not 500 or a thousand. I mean, maybe if you're a single person living in a shared flat downtown, you know, and if, if you're living a more simple existence and thousands is probably fine. But, um, but yeah, keep in mind those 635 or whatever it is for the minimum wage, that's gross. That's not net. So <laughs> really like you can expect people with some experience here to be making in the 2000 to 3000 range. And I mean, if you get well above that, then you're doing pretty well for gross. I mean, before yeah. next. Yeah. Um, it's good that you mentioned these numbers because that's exactly what, in, in the survey, I was looking into to prepare a video for best retirement destinations in 2021. They actually said exactly that. So if you want to live in Lisbon, Porto 
for a couple, it's like around 2,000 or 2,500. Uh, if you want to live in Cascais and the Algarve, that's 3,000, you know, for a mm. couple to be, including rent and everything. Um, of course, I have two friends in Lisbon. They both rent a room and they get between 900 and 1,000 euros. They're single. They rent a room for 250, 300 euros mm. and they're fine. Like, right. you know, but that's the thing. Like they have to share an apartment with two or three other right. people. So, yeah, but they want to live um, very close to where the bars are, the nightlife and everything. Um, so, yeah, that's it. But I, I, I would just say, I would just like to say, like to anyone listening here, do your research because, um, for instance, I love Lisbon. I think, you, uh, David, it's exactly what you said. Like, I'm sure I'm going to go to Lisbon a lot of weekends to the parties, to Rock in Rio, Lisboa, and a lot of the shows and everything. I, I'm, I'm going to go there a lot. I have friends there. But I don't want to live in Lisbon. Like, I think it's it's uh, it's exactly what you said. Like, I'd love to live like one hour from Lisbon. That's mm -hmm. not a problem. You know, right. maybe one hour and a half by train or, or I'll just buy a car. I don't know. But I, I don't I, I wouldn't like to live downtown Lisbon because or not even like in the greater Lisbon area, because it's a lot of Airbnbs. They call it in Portugal, alojamento local. Mm -hmm. So there's a right. lot of AL signs everywhere mm -hmm. around Porto, around Lisbon. And it's, it's kind of like for tourists. And the same thing is happening, as you just said, in Berlin, in Rome. My friend who is living near Prague said the same thing about Prague. Like the prices went up because everyone is turning everything, flipping into like Airbnb. So, um, yeah. but that's just my, my personal opinion. As I just said, I have friends who love Lisbon and who never live Lisbon because, you know, that's where the best nightlife is and everything. Would you, would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I'm in a different life stage, right? So I, I guess that's the key. So I had the go, go, go time of Tokyo, of Berlin. And then I just got kind of tired of it and got married and my wife felt the same way. And like I said, we're not even in downtown Porto, let alone Lisbon. Like we're, we're in a small like beach town and I love the vibe here. And I mean, I'm, I'm actually quite pleased because not only have... Um, have we been here for the last year and a half, but also during the pandemic. So we can't go that many places or anything. And yet I'm still like not tired or sick of this place. Like it, before it was, I would get wanderlust after one year and one, one year is how long it takes to get settled somewhere. But I felt like I had those initial days of pounding the pavement, discovering places and like that true wanderlust that I was always going after. And then after one year, it was like, I've seen this, I've done that. I went to that festival and it just kind of was like, what's next? What's next? And now I've been here a year and a half, barely gone anywhere. And yet I'm still super happy here. So it's a different life stage. I would never, ever want to live with roommates ever again in my life. <laughs> so that's very different. But if people are open to that, if they're young, if they're, you know, mobile, if they're happy, then by all means. Um, but living, you know, I also went in Japan from a 28 square meter place to Berlin uh, for 65 square meters. And now here over a hundred square meters. Wow. So, and, and I would, and the one in Berlin was cheaper than the one in Tokyo. And the one here is about the same price as the one in Berlin. So just to give you a sense of, yeah, the cost, I mean, it's still more than maybe Portuguese people would think of, or uh, people would think of Portugal. Um, but what we're able to afford on that money with the, the experience that we have, the place that we get to live in, we're definitely very fortunate. 
So all of this is possible. You know, people say, how much money do I need to live here? How much do I need to do that? These are all personal questions because it depends if you want to live like a king or if you're comfortable sharing one bedroom with your buddy with a, you know, with a um, sheet down the middle of the room or whatever, or living on a couch. I mean, <laughs> I can't answer the question for you, but I can give you just some ideas based on my experience, which is not really much nightlife, just enjoying some travel here and there when we can and um, living in this flat near the beach and just enjoying that life which is again, totally different from my life before. So it depends what you're looking for. And maybe that, uh, I guess, to sum it up, maybe what you're looking for changes over time based on your experiences. Definitely. It definitely changes like over time. And if you just think about like when you were traveling backpacking in your early twenties and then now, like, yeah. I, I, I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, I would never do, I would never stay in those hostels again. No, I would never <laughs> share a bathroom with like 10 other people, you know, like, Definitely not. No, definitely not. <laughs> so yeah, we change, of course. And I yes. want, I want exactly what you said. Like I want a calmer life, not close to like the biggest metropolitan area and stuff. So um, that's great. I want to uh, just uh, to finish. I just want to ask you anyone who's thinking about moving to Portugal uh, from the U S or from any other country, what piece of advice would you give? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. I think if people are moving here, I think it's probably a good idea to maybe just come and visit. Um, I know that's probably a common thing for most people going anywhere, but I've also known people that have moved somewhere without ever even visiting there. And I think the experience that you get is just so different and you can understand it so much better, even as a tourist for a couple of days. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, be crazy, but go there with the mentality of, could I live there? Could I enjoy this culture? Could I enjoy this city? I mean, that's what we did back in 2018. We thought both cities were great. They both had their pros and cons, but we thought, let's see if we can make it happen. And we did. Um, there's a lot of other places to live here than just Algarve, Porto, Lisbon. I mean, those are you know some of the big ones, but depending on what you're looking for, you might find a better place or like, I, I knew a couple, uh, an older couple that were retiring here that took a trip for, I guess, for a couple months across many cities and just happened upon like their dream uh, dream place, their dream uh, house on the beach and a bit north of here. And um, yeah, so, you know, they, they couldn't find it, they couldn't find it, they couldn't find it, and they found it, you know, and they're really happy there. So I would just recommend people doing that if they get the opportunity to. If you don't, it doesn't hurt to go for Lisbon as like the big city, but while it's such a cool city, it's just, it, it is, it has both again the benefits and the downsides of a big city so it's not a bad place to start and there's probably the most job opportunities there to be honest but um depending on what you're looking for again retiring digital nomad working for a company can change all of these different variables and of course if you want to be on the coast or inland or near spain or you know there's so many options and um i just wouldn't paint portugal with just one brush you know every is so many different for a small country there's so many different options here And for a small country, you can you can do that. Like you can literally start up in the north and just go try to visit like three or four or ten different cities till you reach the Algarve. Like you can easily do that in a couple of weeks. Like I'm not yeah. even like I'm not exaggerating here. Um, yeah. So David, how can people find you online? And can you talk about the work that you do there in, uh, with Expat Empire in Porto? In Porto? Yeah, absolutely. So I started uh, Expat Empire as a side project about two and a half years ago. 
It's expatempire.com for folks that are interested. Basically what it is or what it was originally was me just an out, uh, having an outlet for my creativity, I guess you could say, and just trying to do stuff to help people move abroad, to inspire people and help them move abroad. So first it was releasing my book, Passport to Working in Japan, about my experience living and working there in Tokyo. And then uh, it was the Expat Empire podcast, um, you know, which uh, we've had many great guests on, Edu included as well. So look forward to that episode coming out soon. And then, yeah, we have a, a meetup group here in Porto. So folks that are interested, of course, checking this out, uh, interested in Porto or coming through town, feel free to come and check out a meetup, which we try to do once a month in normal times. So hopefully we start back again this summer. And um, yeah, some blog posts and various things on the website. Check out all that free content. But most importantly, we do individualized consulting services. So we help people moving from anywhere to anywhere. We have people that are trying to become digital nomads. They're trying to retire abroad, find jobs at local companies or international companies in different places. And we really help them to go through the steps from the very beginning, the planning stages, all the way until they're settled in their new country. So we can help people compare the different countries that they want, might want to live in or cities in more ways than just, hey, that sounds like a cool place. Like, let's dig into it and see what the real stats and metrics are, the rankings are, how people actually like it, what the visa options are in different countries, um, helping people get jobs or build online businesses, one-on-one -on -one coaching. We also have a global partner network where we can help you to connect with immigration lawyers, with people who, you know, real estate agents and people who can help you find housing, uh, schools for your kids, all that good stuff. So all that information, again, is at expatempire.com. You can go there, schedule a free 30-minute consulting call with me to talk through your plans and see if it makes sense for us to work together. And also to download a free ebook, Top 10 Tips for Moving Abroad, based on my experiences over the last seven years. That's great. That's all. That's that's a lot of information. So I, I'll post all the links in the show notes so people can check out uh, the website, um, perhaps schedule a free call uh, with you and also his podcast, the Expand Empire podcast. Uh, it's all, all here below. So thank you very much, David. It was great having you here. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. For videos about life in different countries, interviews with expats and travel guides, go to youtube.com forward slash ready go expat.